We have so many stories we're following right now. The governor's state of the state, the vaccine rollout, impeachment again, all that coming up. But one thing has been happening all the while during the pandemic. People fleeing their home countries due to poverty, violence, trying to cross into Canada from a road in the North Country. And since last March, being turned back. A special report on what's happening to asylum seekers at Roxham Road on today's Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day is brought to you by Claxton Hepburn Medical Center, remaining dedicated to providing high-quality, personalized care to patients. ClaxtonHepburn.org. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Monday, January 11th. First up, Governor Andrew Cuomo said in his State of the State address today that we are at war with the coronavirus. He said what was usually a straightforward question about the state of New York was this year anything but. We are hurt. We are frustrated. We are in mourning. We are anxious. We are shocked that an invisible enemy could wreak such death and destruction, especially in this, the wealthiest and most powerful nation on earth. Cuomo gave his speech virtually to a mostly empty hall in the state capitol's war room. He sketched out a seven-point plan for emerging from the pandemic and rebuilding. He said the federal government would need to step in with a bailout to avoid massive cuts to education and health care and to keep businesses from shutting their doors. Our federal representatives must deliver fairness for New York, and they must do it quickly. Cuomo wants to legalize recreational marijuana and state-sponsored sports betting to bring in revenue. Cuomo also returned to his call for policing reform in the aftermath of last summer's protests over systemic racism. This comes as every police department in the state is racing to submit a reform plan by April. Does every 911 call require an armed police officer to respond? What role should mental health and domestic violence professionals play in public safety? What is the transparency and disciplinary policy? What is the use of force policy? But some elements are absolute. Mutual respect is absolute. Cuomo said this speech was only the beginning of this year's State of the State. He said he plans to hold three more speeches to fill in details about his agenda for improving the public health system, affordable housing, and rebuilding infrastructure. North Country legislators say they're still waiting for those details on Cuomo's agenda. Republican State Senator Dan Stack said he's concerned about how the governor will close the projected $16 billion deficit. There's a great tendency in New York State, uh, you know, given the nature of the politics in New York State, to, uh, you know, see every uh, solution as requiring increasing taxes. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm bracing for hearing more of that. Meanwhile, at the Capitol in Washington today, Democrats laid out one article of impeachment against President Donald Trump. It charges Trump with inciting violence against the United States government. Prominent Republicans, from Mitch McConnell to William Barr to Lindsey Graham, have condemned Trump for inciting the mob. Major banks suspended campaign contributions. The PGA terminated a plan to hold its golf tournament next year at one of Trump's golf courses. North Country Congresswoman Elise Stefanik continues to stand by Trump. 
she lashed out at Democrats for moving ahead with impeachment again. I oppose the uh, Democrats' very political push to impeach the president. There are 12 days left before the inauguration. There will be an inauguration and a peaceful transfer of power on January 20th. That is the American way. And again, President-elect Biden was certified. It worked its way through the process. Stefanik spoke with WAMC Radio in Dannemora. She's declined multiple requests for an interview with NCPR. When Canada and the United States restricted travel across the border last spring, Canada also began turning back asylum seekers who enter the country by walking across the border between official crossings. Before the pandemic, if they reach Canada, they could apply for asylum. One little dead-end road in Clinton County, Roxham Road, became such a popular unofficial crossing spot that Canadian police waited 24-7 to detain and process new arrivals. But since March, Canada has returned them directly to American border officers, and people fleeing dangerous conditions in their homeland have faced detention or even deportation back home. Emma Jacobs has our special report. A man from Tanzania tried to seek asylum in Canada by crossing the border at Roxham Road. But unlike thousands of others before the pandemic, he was turned back to the U.S. Canadian officers gave him a piece of paper saying to come back when the border reopened. But they handed him over to U.S. border agents who found he didn't have authorization to be in the U.S. So they locked him up in a detention center in western New York. Jennifer Connor is executive director of Justice for Migrant Families, which works with detainees there. September and October and November, I feel like we've really seen um, more people who um, entered into Canada, not through ports of entry, were turned back and then detained. She says even though the border was closed, it was tough for asylum seekers to get good information. So they make very difficult decisions, including like crossing a border during a pandemic. That is not a decision people take lightly. A decision that for some goes really wrong. The man from Tanzania had a heart condition. He became very ill in detention. In December, she heard from others held with him that he'd been deported. Back in March, Canadian officials at the highest levels of government were asked if asylum seekers returned to U.S. authorities would be detained. The minister in charge of the border, Bill Blair, responded this way. Under the overwhelming majority of circumstances, they will not be detained. They'll simply be returned back to the United States. Or, for example, if they come from Canada and are returned to us, they they would not be detained. There are very, very limited exceptions. Behind the scenes, immigrant advocates say Canadian officials told them last spring that the U.S. government had assured Canada there would be no detentions. And publicly, then-Minister of Foreign Affairs Chrystia Freeland said Canada certainly didn't want to see people deported into dangerous situations. It was and continues to be important for Canada to have assurances that that would not happen to people returned to the United States. So this is an issue which we are urgently discussing now. A U.S. Customs and Border Protection spokesman who asked not to be quoted said recently there were no statistics kept, but that the agency could detain people without authorization to be in the U.S. Minister Blair's spokesperson, Mary Liz Power, 
wrote in an email that Canada turned 208 asylum seekers back to the U.S. between March and mid-November, about three-quarters in Quebec, the rest in British Columbia and Manitoba. She wrote, quote, We have received assurances from the U.S. that individuals claiming asylum will be returned to Canada when these restrictions are lifted, unquote. But speaking with a handful of immigration lawyers on both sides of the border, they had no idea how that would happen systematically. They knew of 10 asylum seekers in detention and said there were likely others. COVID-19 has also made conditions for anyone in detention more dangerous. Jennifer Connor of Justice for Migrant Families says measures to keep the virus out also caused problems. People can't visit. Lawyers are visiting in a very limited capacity. And so the situation is rife, not just for people's health not being protected, but also for abuses and maltreatment. And we are hearing a rise in that and a rise in mental health crises because of the pressure of what's going on, the fear. And the longer the border measures remain in place, the more likely people crossing are to be subject to detention, says Craig Damien Smith of Ryerson University in Toronto. In the past, many who claimed asylum this way came to the U.S. first on tourist visas. By now, their stay has likely expired. Along with conditions in U.S. detention facilities, he says Canada's turning people back seems less reasonable today than it might have in March. In that context of like rapid emergency measures, but the fact that they've continued to turn people back at the border uh, since then, I I think is quite unconscionable. Some in Canada have become so concerned they're trying to deter people who might be thinking about coming to the border. Jean Numagudou is a reporter with a Montreal Haitian news outlet called Intexto. He gets lots of WhatsApp and email messages from people in the U.S. trying to figure out if they can come to Canada. He says they've often heard misinformation by word of mouth or on social media. He ran an interview with a member of a volunteer group that usually helps asylum seekers in Canada, now trying to get out word of the risks of making the trip. Still, he says, some people will continue to try anyway. It's straight-out desperation, he says, people who want to cross the border to Canada because they want to change their lives. They've lived so much trauma from the political instability today, kidnappings and social unrest. They tell themselves, he says, maybe with God's help, they'll be admitted to Canada. In Montreal, Emma Jacobs, North Country Public Radio. We have more news on impeachment, on the vaccine, on Cuomo's state of the state, all on our website, ncpr.org. And we'll have more tomorrow morning on our flagship morning regional news program, the 8 o'clock hour, which, of course, you can hear on the radio at 8 o'clock or anytime at ncpr.org. Music today by Abstracker. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.